This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by the Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. There's a gene that's crucial in transporting long-chain fatty acids into the mitochondria, which means it's critical for energy production. It's called carnitine palmitoyl transferase 1 isoform A, or CPT1A. One particular variant in this gene, called G710E, has been reliably associated with an increased risk of hypoglycemia, which can lead to seizures and even death in infancy and childhood. A fairly straightforward, successful intervention involves feeding children more frequently and supplementing their food with additional fatty acids. But another variant in the same gene, called P479L, has been found in high frequencies in certain populations. Some studies have suggested that this common variant may also be associated with infant death when an individual has two copies. Because it is a variant in the same gene where another variant has also been shown to be associated with increased risk of infant death, um, it's a candidate for possible similar impact. The P479L variant occurs in high frequency in indigenous communities in some parts of Alaska, Canada, and Siberia. When scientists started to suspect a correlation with infant death, policymakers started to institute treatments for the P479L variant that were similar to the originally described G710E variant, including extra feeding supplemented with additional fatty acids. Alison Fonar is currently a genetic epidemiologist at Stanford University. Her research was conducted when she was a graduate student at the University of Washington. She and her colleagues thought that perhaps the policy had gotten ahead of the science. And so we wanted to evaluate what is the evidence around this issue and what kind of policies should be made? Are they at the point where the science is robust enough to implement the policies that are being implemented? And if not, what is a route forward so that we can make sure that policies that, aren't, that are being made are being rooted in the best science? The team looked carefully at the existing scientific literature on the P479L variant, particularly at four studies that showed a correlation with infant death. They found a number of weaknesses in all four studies. Well, I think the main one is that the risk factors for infant death are complicated, and there are a lot of other things that could be going on in these populations. So in a lot of the populations where we see high frequencies of the P479L variant, we also see high frequencies of other factors that have been previously associated with increased risk of infant death, like um, increased respiratory infections, sharing beds, or having sleep-associated risk factors like sleeping on the stomach or um, sharing bed with beds, um, maternal smoking, things like that that may be either the actual cause of infant death or somehow um, modifying the effect of the P479L. And that's not the only one. They also found that when they stratified the population studied in these four papers further, the correlation seemed significantly weaker. And Dr. Fonner says there's one particular aspect of this genetic variant that makes the researchers suspicious that it can be causally linked to infant death. Because if it's found in such high frequencies then it can't be that big of a cause of infant death historically because it never would have gotten the chance to be found in 80% of the population. In fact, maybe there's a benefit. So I think one of the most interesting things about this variant to me is that it is found in very high frequencies in uh, many Arctic indigenous populations, which suggests that it could have been evolutionarily advantageous in some way. 
And there have been other studies that have come out that do show a protective effect of this variant on cardiovascular health. And so I think we need to be careful in terms of trying to tease out what this variant is actually doing. Policymakers might argue that even if there's a chance that P479L might be causally linked to infant death, the interventions, additional supplemented feedings, are a good thing to continue. But Dr. Fauner urges caution. And the potential problems here that type 2 diabetes and obesity are, are growing problems in these populations. And so we want to make sure that policies that we're making are solving problems as opposed to contributing to them. So if these interventions are an effective way to prevent infant death, then that's great and we should do them. Um, But if all they're doing is encouraging more worry, more um, food consumption, then perhaps that's not the best approach. She says more research is needed before policies are made and implemented. One of the big takeaways is this paper of the paper is that we need more research in what is this variant doing? How is it interacting with other lifestyle factors? And what are the most important modifiable behaviors for preventing infant death? Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.